0: Honest question. How would you feel if your lover said to you, thank you so much for the opportunities to improve and grow in this relationship. I have benefited so much from being with you. But sadly, I think in order to continue to evolve, I got to break up with you. You wait a minute. I give you 11 years of my life and you're telling me you're leaving me for another woman.
1: Get your shit! Get your
0: shit! Get out! But the truth is, this is
1: kind of a reality of life and consequently love. I think the best version of them can only happen through the breakup transformation and whoever's the next person will get that. You heard the saying before, some people are in our life for just a reason and a season. And if the
0: reason and season length are mutual, incredible. But
2: what happens when it's not? I don't want to say he started off with nothing because that sounds terrible, but he, he started off at a very low level in his career, and I helped him become the person that he is today. Like, that's just that. I felt like I was taking for granted. So,
0: we're about to examine all sides of what happens when... Hey. My life oh. ...turns to... Right after this.
3: Lovers and friends, friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends, uh. I'ma hold you down down to the end. I said.
0: What's going on, lovers and friends? I'm Sham Boudram, a sexologist and intimacy expert who serves as Bumble's sex and relationship expert. Now, I mentioned that because during my time at that role, I've been exposed to so many intimacy terms that honestly, I wish I'd thought of, like benching, marleying, exploradating, consciously single, or my fave, power PDA. Yeah. So today is pretty exciting for me because I get to pitch a new word into the intimacy dictionary that I'm pretty sure I made up in making this episode. Relationship cocooning. Wow. Relationship cocooning occurs when someone gets into a romantic bond and through the strength of that connection is able to grow and evolve in ways that they could not have on their own. However, a point is reached where that person realizes that in order to get to their next phase of growth, they got to leave the cocoon. AKA the relationship cocooning happens all the time in other areas of life, like when you go to high school, but then leave for university, or when you take on a starter job, then jump into a bigger role once you've gained what you could from the former. But when it comes to romantic relationships, this can be a tougher pill to swallow.
3: I have felt left behind after the cocooning stage. It, it was really like a shock. It was kind of like, peace out, I'm done with you. So you kind of feel like abandoned in a way.
0: I've definitely been outgrown in a relationship. I had the privilege of being with a very intelligent, and very ambitious woman, and she was uh, outpacing me in just about every level of life. And Eventually that turned into resentment on my end because I felt like she would throw things in my face because I wasn't exactly where she was or where she expected me to be and she felt like I was holding her back. Eventually we broke up. If it wasn't for me helping them get to this new point, they wouldn't be here. But that to be said, here's a couple of reasons why we should look to cocoon romantically with others and furthermore, why we should be okay with people cocooning through us. Number one is that it's not just when we see a long-term outcome for relationships that we should look to give and also receive the best, but in every interaction. As I explained in the episode, why dating in your 20s can often be trash. I find what people often make the mistake of doing in their 20s is they are waiting to meet the person, but they're not practicing the habits necessary to maintain a relationship with that person. So, so it's hard. like me being so like, I am gonna, I want to be in the NBA, and then I never play basketball, and then I get an opportunity to be in the tryouts, and I wonder why I don't make it. Yeah. So you're not putting yourself in a position to be long-term partner material, to learn the habits necessary for that, and you're just hoping you're going to meet the right person and we'll all click into place. It just very rarely happens that way. And two, we might be the only animals on the planet that actually seek out growth as a fundamental goal of romantic partnerships. And this is a concept called self-expansion theory, which I explained to Jeannie Mai in my episode with her around changing for love. There is this theory, is called the self-expansion theory, and it essentially says that humans are unique to other animals in that rather than just needing the basics of food, water, shelter, safety, belonging, we also need achievement, and that's what makes it different. So we are just as driven to find somewhere safe to sleep as night as we are to get up in the morning and strive for something. Yes. So when we're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement because you can learn something else, you
2: see the world broader, you have I a new circle. That. So we are- wait, when you're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement. Yes. That is why I'm in my relationship.
0: And also there's something to be said about the bravery it takes to leave a soft, warm, comfortable place. And also the benefits you get from finally breaking free from that in order to do what you know is most expansive for you. But all that, I mean, that's just the logic. And the real, real is logic doesn't always get the largest say in matters of the heart. And the truth is cocooning can lead to people feeling used, discarded, and like a stepping stone rather than a prized destination.
3: So I was the one cocooned. My significant other and I, we were together six years. We even have a son together. She was going to college and I was taking care of the income part of the household. And after a while, she decided that uh, we were going in different directions and broke up with me subsequently. While we try to make it a clean break as possible for our son, I still feel kind of very used by the idea. You know, she's off doing her own thing and I'm left to pick up the pieces because I wanted to build a life together with this woman.
0: So obviously, that's why this deserved an entire episode. There's a lot to talk about and a lot of different perspectives that we have to cover off on because on one hand, yeah, we should grow as a result of our past lovers. But on the other, we also have to ask ourselves, at what cost does this come to the other individual in the relationship? Let me just say that this is the kind of Lovers and Friends episode that I loved making because I changed my mind and my perspective so much with every single conversation and engagement that I got throughout it. And hopefully that same transformation happens for you. And hopefully, hopefully it leads to some really incredible conversations in your own life. So let's dive into the hearts of those conversations. First up, Sorella Moore backstory. So I reached out to Sorelle on Instagram after seeing her post very positive sentiments about a recent breakup with her fiance. So curious about it. I asked if she want to come on the podcast to discuss. And very thankfully, she said yes. Sorella Moore is an Aussie entrepreneur who focuses on obtaining ultimate levels of freedom in every area of life and is an advocate for alternative and free living. sorel has been featured in numerous global media outlets, including Forbes, Business Insider, Cosmopolitan, BuzzFeed, Daily Telegraph. And now she's here with us on Lovers and Friends. Hi. <laughs> Are you scared? Mm. Uh, woo. All right, let's go with a little backstory um i've known you now for years
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i knew you single
1: no nope. i never knew you single never knew me single <gasps> you've been with your partner this entire time <laughs> this entire time yeah that's mind-blowing to me freshly freshly i don't even know what single life means Ready. <laughs> which I also want to acknowledge
0: that thank you to you for being here because I know that it was difficult for that exact reason.
1: Yeah, no no one has any way of understanding what transitioning out of a relationship could look like. I think we all only just see the movies, which is like, I hate him. He did this to me. It's the end of the world. I never want to talk to him again. But there's so many different versions that I am now finding out there's a lot of different versions of like breaking up with someone or uncoupling because… I'm going through it and I didn't know this was possible. And it's beautiful and it's transformative and I'm learning so much and it's, it's a wonderful process that I'm gonna cherish for life. It's another gift that Leon's given me on top of all the other things he's done for me.
0: That's beautiful. What the fuck does that mean?
1: <laughs> I love him so much and we're no longer together. Honestly, for me, energetically, it just was the end of the romantic aspect of our relationship. There wasn't a match anymore in the romantic sense, it wasn't fulfilling our cups. I saw both of our our potentials not being reached by being together because it felt like we were hindering each other's growth in so many ways. And I knew I was part of that. I knew I wasn't bringing out the best in him and I knew it was the same vice versa. And it felt like we couldn't figure out a way of uplifting each other anymore because we had entered into the relationship in a specific way with specific desires needs. And it didn't seem to pivot in this instance for us at the end of being able to meet each other's needs. But right now I just, I love him and I have so much more love than I ever have before and appreciation for what he's done for me. And we still talk. Do you think a part of that
0: love, the expansion of love comes from letting go of this idea that you just knew in your soul wasn't going to work?
1: I think so. I feel a sense of relief. Because I did, we both did try to make it work romantically for a few like solid months, like a a solid amount of time beforehand. And I almost started seeing my health suffer. I saw a lot of things in my life start to suffer. Um, My friendships were suffering a little bit. My health for sure. There was so much stress in my body that I kept on getting cold sores every single month, like clockwork. There was a lot of things that just, I wasn't putting myself in the best place position to make myself blossom. And and I was starting to just not, just be a pretty shit version of myself that I didn't like. Do you, um, we were talking about this before how I was reflecting
0: on what would divorce look like for me and saying that it would be at that point where I felt like it is so, so unlikely. And the likeliness exists in spaces that don't feel happy for me. Like I would have to make changes or compromises that would be like really uncomfortable for me to reach my potential with Jared as my partner or vice versa, that it just came to a place where it's like the best version of me is just not possible with you. Mm -hmm. Do
1: you guys feel like you got to that space? Yes, I definitely feel like we helped. It's just, it was like the end of the path. It was, I don't think you need to push something further than it needs to go just to try to prove to others that, you know, it's forever. Yes, I proposed. Yes, I love him. Yes, I still love him. Yes, I did see myself with him long term. I still, oh, now even just thinking about it, like holding his hand when I'm like 80. <laughs> so cute because I love him so much. And maybe as a friend, as I, I could. So that aspect of things still does hurt. But do I need to be with him romantically and feel like I'm hindering his growth and he's hindering mine in some aspects in order to have that vision fulfilled? No, because um, it's just a vision and it can shift and mold.
0: Because the vision that's actually more important to you is the vision of thinking of him at 80, looking back on his life and being like, fuck yeah.
1: I love him so much that I want to set him free and I want him to do the same for me. And I think love now, I'm, I'm definitely coming to a point where I do think that love isn't a case of needing someone. It's loving someone so much that you just want the best for them. And if the best for him means not being with me in the romantic sense, that makes me so happy. And I hope he sees the same for me. And I think he does because we both love each other so much. There's so much love that I have for him. Yeah. And it's weird to even be in a place where I have released him as my partner, but I love him so much. And for people to say, well, it's a sign that you should stay together. I don't know if that's true. I don't think love needs to be limited to he's my partner. I think it can be so much more than that. Actually,
0: I think that both are true. Actually, because I want to acknowledge your tears. <laughs> I'm
1: like a robot <laughs> who's like streaming. the show keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: just <laughs> have just a human a vision moment. gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> have a human moment with you.
1: I'm sorry that you're feeling pain right now. No, it's not. Pain. And no, it's, it's just beauty of I mean the, the the vision of yeah wanting to hold his hand when I'm an old lady would be very cute. Mm. But I hope I can still do that as a friend.
0: I hope so too. I mean, my in, my internal like what ifs, which the what if motherfucker is so annoying, but <laughs> it's, you know, if you guys subscribe to monogamy, there isn't a lot of acceptance for maintaining friendships with exes within yeah. the monogamous culture. So, I mean, that's obviously, you can overcome anything. And I do believe that Uh, strength from non-monogamy that everyone should take on is that like you don't have to subscribe to a particular set of rules. You should identify what works for you and what doesn't. And I would hope in the next relationship,
1: you would be able to successfully advocate for the maintenance of this relationship. Yeah, The, the next person won't have a choice. Leon means too much for me to just be like, oh, I'm not gonna be friends with him. Like if I have to attract a person that comes to me and says, you can't be friends with your exes and this, this, and this, I'll be like, bro, out, gone. Like I know what I want now, from the future and if you're so weak that you can't even have an ex-partner in the picture, that's just on you. That's on you not feeling confident enough in our relationship. I remember hearing someone, this is the way that they work in relationships, fantasize with whoever you want, like have crushes on people. If you want, cuddle them, Be, be intimate to a degree, but always come back to me. So always be like sexual with me, Kiss me and everything. Everything else is on the table. If you want to have intimate hugs with people, go for it. Monogamish. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll send you a TED Talk of this, uh, of Dr. Jess O'Reilly.
2: Let's use monogamish to take the monotony out of monogamy in a way that preserves the sanctity, the safety, and the comfort of our relationships. So monogamish, what might this look like? Well, monogamish... Couples might look to extramarital sources for sexual stimulation, but only in thought, not in action. Overall,
0: to me, the incompatibility feels like that person was on a path of, of structure and specific goal orientation and targets mm-hmm. and you were on a path of discovery play exploration mm-hmm. and maybe dismantling a bit of the structure that you used to have in the past.
1: Yeah, I've definitely reached a stage now um very satisfied with my level of like material success and everything like that. I'm I've reached a point where I'm like I I feel like I've mastered this space. Like I'm good. And I don't really have an extra desire to keep working to be a workaholic because I've spent all of my 20s being a workaholic and I am kind of done with it and I don't really want it. Um, And he's still on the path of wanting that. And that's so fine. Yes. And that's my path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So now to be on the other realm of literally all I want to do is hang out with people, not film anything, not, I just want to connect. I want to do acro yoga. I want to free dive. I don't want to talk about anything that I'm doing. I just want to have fun because I can, I'm in a position where I have definitely feel like I'm so secure financially, um, that this is now opened up for me and I want to explore this space. And I felt like I couldn't quite escape the workaholic space or the, the work focused space, within that relationship as well. And I'm just going to say this. This is really interesting to me. So breakup, not interested in anybody else, but I still have sexual energy flowing through me. I can say this because I'm on the right podcast. I'm masturbating and I'm not thinking about other people. I'm thinking about the success and the art that I'm going to be creating. And it turns me on so much. And I'm like, Whoa! And I see the future vision of myself, and I'm like, wow, she's so beautiful and sexy and interesting. And the art, the possibilities—I could go here and here and here—and I'm literally orgasming, orgasming to yourself, to the thought of what is possible for myself. Yeah, that's been so beautiful because I—I've missed the creative aspect of myself a lot, and it's because I've put so much energy into trying to doing everything I can to to keep the relationship together, everything else suffered. And now it's like, no, we can come back to this aspect of things, this joy. It's fun. Popping in to say we're at the halfway mark, which means it's
0: time to remind you why your ass should finish this episode, even though you've made it to your booty calls house by now or the grocery store or wherever. But we still have a lot of different perspectives on relationship cocooning coming up.
2: Well, what am I doing that, is making him think that I'm not good enough or I'm not on his level.
0: How different is your life now versus the life that you probably would have had had you have stayed? I'd say it's pretty different.
3: I've just became a new mom. So to
0: recap, more Sorel and more of all of that after this.
1: Because I know that we both... Both tried, we both put the effort in, we both compromised, we both were there for each other. We really wanted this relationship to work. It wasn't like we, one of us slacked. It just wasn't compatible in that sense anymore. 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 You know, I love the
0: anymore phrase because for everybody who has idolized your relationship, right, because I always see this whenever couples break up online, they're like, I don't believe in love anymore. Was any of it true? It's like, no, it was true when I said it then. And now that I'm saying that we're breaking up, that's true now. That doesn't conflict Mm -hmm. with all that we experienced and all that we shared. The inspiration you felt because of our love story, the inspiration you felt because Sorrel proposed and like a relationship can work with a woman taking the initiative in that non-traditional way. And it did work and it was amazing. Highly successful relationship.
1: Highly successful. Very successful in every realm up until the very end. And it still is successful. And there's nothing I would take back, change, it's, it's exactly as it should be. I'm trying to figure out the wording for this. When you go to university,
0: you go, but you leave university. And through that, you've gained a lot and you've learned a lot. But you know you can't stay there because your potential, maybe what you want is a master's or a PhD, right? So it's a stepping stone for you. And then you leave and you go on to your master's. But your master's wouldn't have been possible without your undergrad, and so we were talking about this concept a little bit in relationships, how somebody you can get to a point with somebody where you're like, I, don't, I can't reach my potential with you. But also the possibility of getting to my potential wouldn't have been possible without you. Is there some guilt in that transition space? Not for me.
1: Only because I... Maybe this is weird and I only am just finding out that this might be not a normal thought process, but I've always looked at relationships as a way for me to evolve and grow. And whenever there's been an end to it, I've always known that there's transformation on the other side. And I've always seen myself level up massively after the end of every relationship that I've been in. So it's not been a foreign concept for me to, I know that I've gotten what I need to out of certain relationships. And when they come to a closing, whatever that time might be, If I'm intending that for them to end, if I'm not, like with this one I proposed, I thought it's going to be for (laughs) a long time. Um, Yeah, I definitely feel like I love, I mean, every relationship I've leveled up massively with the people I've been with. I've chosen the most beautiful relationships with the most beautiful people in my life. I've really had not the most challenging relationships either. They've just been so uplifting, but then they, all of them so far have come to a close where it's like, thank you for your gift that you've given me. I know I need to move on now because... There's a different version of myself that I'd like to explore. And I even had it in my notebook of the person I wanted to be in, it, be in two years' time. But I couldn't see myself becoming that because there were some sort of blockages that were stopping me from being that. And your relationship was one of those blocks? Yeah. Well, it was because, I don't know what it was, but I just, I wanted to explore these different versions of how I would dress, what I would do. But it just, for some reason, I would put myself back in the box of like, no, this is what you've done. And it would just like come to a halt whenever I tried to explore different versions of myself, because I feel like I was so strongly related, relating to the version I had created of myself in that relationship that I didn't know how to even step into the shoes of the next version I wanted to be. The heartache always has made me transform in into some unbelievable version of myself that I didn't know was possible on the other side. I don't even know. Some of the thoughts that are now coming into my brain, I never even knew that these thoughts were possible.
0: Yes. I I have an episode of my podcast. It's called Breaking Up is Fun to Do. (laughs) And it was talking about my enthusiasm for breakups. Mm. I love breakups. I think they're fun. Yeah. I think that it's a fresh start. I think that fire burns, but it also clears space mm-hmm. and it creates opportunity for new growth. So I just I just know what they can inspire and I'm excited for people who
1: get to have that. It's crazy though, because you don't want to be that person that's like, I'm starting over, but I don't know, there is, there's also, it's not quitting, is failure. I feel like lots of people that have come online and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you broke up, uh, failure. I thought you said you're going to be together forever. You proposed all this. It's like, yeah, but why are you labeling this as a bad thing? Right. Because it's not necessarily bad. Like he's going to come out out of this better. I'm going to come out of this better. Like there's no, and the loss is of what? It's only their perception of what is being lost of this like romantic relationship. But what about the gains? Well, the loss is if you were miserable with each
0: other for five years and you endured this period of loss of friendship, hmm. loss of health, loss of business opportunities and you can you kept that on and in the end you didn't stay together. Yeah. So the fact that what makes this to me break up really beautiful is you guys were able to do what many people can't do, which is identify that there was an incompatibility, troubleshoot for a little bit and then get to a mutual place where you're like
1: the changes we would have to make to make this work are just too, too much. much. It's tiring. It's too much. It's almost like you're pushing a giant boulder up with one finger. And it's like, do you want to do that? Because if you want to, then you're going to find a way. And it, but you know it's going to take an enormous amount of effort to push that boulder up. But if you want it, of course. But also knowing that time is limited, energy is limited. Do you want to do other things? Is it, is it worth pushing something so strongly just because you said it's going to be forever. I think the thing that might be saving me is the idea of mortality, that I know I'm going to die and I know everybody around me is going to die. So if my energy is low and I'm being drained and I'm not giving my best, like that's a disservice to the world. That's a disservice to my human experience.
0: We could end on the idea of death
1: (laughs) because it is true, right?
0: If you have this concept that There is a sense of finiteness. I have a finite amount of time on this planet and I don't know what the answers are after that, that we just owe it to ourselves to reach for our potential. Owe it to ourselves and owe it to others to reach their potential too. Shout out to Sorrel for being open to this conversation. And furthermore, shout out to Sorrel for flying into Los Angeles from Mexico, where she's currently staying to do this. I've never had someone do that before, but Sorrel was like, this is a delicate topic. It's important to me. And I really wanna be sitting across from you. And I'm so, so grateful that you did. Um, But I guess in general, Sorrel being on a plane is not the craziest things because she's traveled to over 50 countries and now travels full-time with home bases in multiple countries. She's an investor in businesses, real estate, crypto, fine art, and precious metals, and now is a financial educator sharing her knowledge of entrepreneurship, investing, and freedom with the world through her business. I'm going to say this wrong. Abundantia. abundia, It's abundant. IA at the end of it, which she's a co founder of. You can learn more at spell it out with me, guys, okay? Abundantia.co. So abundantia.co. Sorelle is also a self-portrait artist with her best-selling book on the topic, Take Your Selfie Seriously, being sold in major bookstores worldwide and translated into multiple languages. In short, I think Sorelle is an incredibly expansive and creative human being who I think you want to know more about. And you can do that over at sorelleamore.com, also listed in the show notes. Okay. All right. So when I was putting together this episode, I was trying to brainstorm other people who would have an interesting perspective based on their past relationships. And I am so honored that the two people that I thought of both said yes to sharing. Bonus fun fact, both these ladies are fellow Canadians. Let's start with hearing from another perspective on relationship cocooning from the vantage of the person who felt taken for granted because of her experience with it. Iman is a beauty influencer and the co-founder of the care group plus S-Y-X-X Beauty, and here's what she had to say about her ex cocooning through her.
2: You know, when you brought it up to me the other day, it, like, triggered something for me, like, brought back a memory of a way that I used to be in relationships that I'm not anymore, which is I tended to be um, with guys where I would go into the relationship really trying to help them grow and whatever it is that they wanted to achieve, I would just help them. It was a one way thing to a certain degree. Like of course I learned from my partners as well, but that one particular relationship I had where I don't want to say he started off with nothing because <laughs> that that's terrible. But he he started off at a very low level in his career. And I helped him become the person that he is today. Like, that's just that. And I guess at the end of the day, I felt like I was giving so much of that. And and I wanted someone to give that back to me a little bit to a certain degree. And I just wasn't with partners that were at that level in their life so that they were able to give it back to me. Maybe it's because I would say Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Did that leave you feeling used? I would say no. I didn't, you know, it wasn't something that was taken from me. It was something that I was giving. I didn't feel used by any means, but I felt like I was taken for granted, like I wasn't appreciated.
0: I think I like what you said about it being more equal, um, if I heard you correctly, in that I want to support and I want to grow, but I also want to make sure that those same things are being offered to me. And so when it's not equal and you still continue to give, I think that's when in the end you can look back and be like, man, I, I feel like I gave more than I received.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, also being aware that you want someone to give you what you need as well. I think, I think I came from background of, I should I should help and I should give and I should provide to my partner but there was never a time where I thought oh I want them to help me I want them to provide for me I just never thought that way and I, I think as I was younger I thought that was a sign of weakness to, to you know, want my partner to help me. But now I realize, I'm like, no, that's a beautiful thing to have your partner help you, to have your partner support you and all, all that.
0: Because you saw the benefits of you doing it for somebody else. So you're like, yeah, I'd like some of
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second, have I been missing out on this the whole time? <laughs> so yeah, and I just never thought, I honestly thought that, if I let someone else do that for me, then like I'm weak or I'm, I don't know. I just had a very twisted way of thinking about it. And now I'm, now I realize like, that is a beautiful thing. That is a true equal partnership. You know, my goal now is to hopefully find a partner that can give that to me and I can give that to them, but on a more equal level playing field.
0: Iman, thank you so, so much. You can find out more about Iman and her adventures by going to Instagram. It is just instagram.com slash at Iman. And that's Iman with an E. You can find that in the show notes. We're now going to jump over to another friend of mine, Makiba, who was actually married to a friend of Jared's and I's. And furthermore, their marriage served as inspiration for Jared and I's during our formative parts of our union. So when the split was announced to us, it came as a shock. But when Makiba explained the reason for the divide to me like this, I just instantly got it. At the time you lived in an apartment where a lot of other entrepreneurs and creatives lived and you were watching a TV show with Dee And there was something inside of you that wanted to be doing something, creating, making, producing. But you also wanted to be there and be just with your partner in a way that they wanted you to show up. Right. And you could see through the window that someone else in the complex had their ring light on. Yeah. And they were creating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I get it, Ah. right? That that fundamental difference of where the two of you were at and the growth that you wanted versus the stagnancy probably isn't the right word, but the complacency that the other person wanted, that kind of being the reason the two of you just didn't align anymore.
3: That story is probably just the perfect example of exactly what it was. It's like, it's not that there's nothing wrong with sitting on the couch and watching a show, but it's like, that just isn't where I wanted to go anymore. And I got to a point where I felt like I was going to have to choose between my dreams and my goals and my relationship. And I feel like those two should work together. So, the concept of
0: relationship cocooning that I was talking about with Sorrell is that there are certain relationships where You don't leave because it was bad, Mm. but you leave because it was as good as it could be. Mm. But in order for you to achieve the next level of greatness in your life, it's not likely that you can do it with that person anymore. Um, And we came up with the term, yeah, relationship cocooning. You coined it and it's
3: the exact perfect thing that describes it. Because when I try to tell people, like people are trying to understand like, well, what did this happen? Was he beating you? And wasn't this? And like all these, I'm like, I'm, there wasn't this, ridiculous, toxic relationship that was happening that I had to be like, I can't do this. This is disgusting. And this is it wasn't that. So it's like this is the perfect term to explain what I went through or how we went our separate ways.
0: How different is your life now versus the life that you
3: probably would have had had you have stayed? I'd say it's pretty different. I just became a new mom, moved to a new city. I like acquired land, made different business. and um, businesses. Ventures. I've like, I traveled like crazy. Like I, oh my God. Like I was in Africa like three times in one year and it was just, it was definitely different. It was a way faster paced life. Like I probably didn't watch a show for a year. Is there guilt associated with that? You know, I feel like what would happen for some reason is people would keep saying to me, I, I was in here my, and like, oh, poor D. But I think those moments made me feel potentially guilty because I was like, do I feel bad? Did I do something wrong? But then I was like, no, like this person is literally choosing everything and I'm choosing everything. So I don't think that guilt really has space there. Do you think that a lot of people stay in relationships
0: not because the best version of themselves is possible, but because they think it's
3: the right thing to do? I heard this a lot, like even when I was telling people that what was happening it was like, well, you know, the grass isn't always greener. And I'm like, what? This isn't a comparative thing. Like, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. I don't feel like this relationship is serving me the way that I need to. And then there's certain things that I don't feel are adding up for me. What do you mean the grass isn't greener? So should I just stay? Because the grass isn't greener? I, I, like, that shows me that most people's mindset is just like, oh just stay. You're good. It's it's comfortable. And that is one thing. It was definitely comfortable, like cocoon. Yes. Like I was just chilling, like a very comfortable space. Um, That also means that you don't really deal with like a lot of your issues because you're so comfortable. You don't even realize some of the issues that you have. Um, And I was like, yeah, I could see why people would just stay. I think the question
0: comes from many people of like, well, why can't you grow with this person or why can't you give an opportunity for that person to catch up to where you're at or to want the things that you want? Mm. Um, How do you definitively know that it's not possible to reach that potential together?
3: I think a lot of our relationship was actually spent doing that, like, uh, kind of wanting this person to potentially catch up to wanting these things because for example i was i'm big on like creating vision boards right so i would always be like oh let's create this vision board let's put these things on here i'm like a i like to dream big and all this stuff but i wanted us to have like a joint vision board or at the very least like our own individual ones and it's like it never happened on his end and it was kind of like okay so do what do you what do you what do you actually want like it was, I came back from a trip and that's when I asked the questions. I was like, you know, what would you be doing if we work together kind of thing? And I think those are the answers that if that person is not, wouldn't be doing the same thing at all and isn't even inspired to do those things outside of being with you, then you're like, damn, you don't, you don't actually want those things. And if you don't actually want those things, those things aren't going to happen for either one of us if we're both together. So. Why do you think you needed
0: this relationship? in order to become the version of Makiba that could even realize what was meant for the next version of you that you are today?
3: We got married really young. So I think the fact that there was an element of like a lot of like nurturing and caring was really good. I had a lot of like, especially when it comes to like the male in general, like with my own experience with my father and like a lot of the peop- other people's fathers in- and in our community, it was like the same repetitive type of demeanor about certain things and I felt like he was re- more gentle and it brought a different side in terms of my perspective on how males can be more nurturing and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was very good, I think, because it, it had an element of healing to it. The freedom to learn and grow when it comes to, like, unlearning a lot of the ideals that we both had about, like, wellness and all those kind of things. But having that space to be able to do that with that partner really helped build partially who I am today. So,
0: Did the end of your marriage change your perspective on the overall goal of being in romantic partnership with someone?
3: Yes, definitely. I grew up on the same kind of fairy tale, one person forever, that's it. And it's just gonna be this bliss and you ride it out no matter what kind of thing. Whereas that whole experience really made me feel like there are people for different seasons of your life and people serve different purposes in your life and not every relationship has to last forever. Moving forward for me now, it's it's more about how we feel daily. The goals that we have and the alignment versus the amount of time so it's not about forever as the destination it's like every day of the relationship is the focal point and it's
0: so forever would be like a byproduct of being in a relationship with someone where you're in alignment with them in
3: your trajectory of growth you can have forever and it's not you're not happy like a lot of us look at like past relationships (laughs) and be like oh people before us they were staying together forever they whatever and it's like yeah how many of our grandmothers or grandfathers were actually happy like sometimes you're like just because they stayed though that was that's to that's the epitome of success i think is what we kind of grow up thinking but yeah this this definitely changed that for me well
0: with that in mind do you look at your marriage as a success
3: i I can now. I went through my back and forth with it, where first it was like, you know what? We had a good decade run. Good for us. And then it was like, you fail your outage, oh, you know, this didn't work, because also the rest of the world looks like you get divorced, it's the big failure stamp on your head. <laughs> like, but in reality, it's like we, we separated successfully. We made sure that it didn't happen in an unhealthy way so that we could actually move into the place that we actually wanted to be individually.
0: Makiba. Girl, thank you so much. I love you. Congratulations on your growing family and life. Makiba is also the founder of Untamed Collection, specializing in curly to kinky wigs and extensions. Makiba is my go-to for hair, and I actually got an order with her right now. So if you want to match my soon-to-be fly or just get inspiration from a fly-ass mom entrepreneur, follow Makiba on Instagram at why not find that jam in the show notes as well and speaking of show notes I'm just gonna end this one off on this note because I think that there's so many more discussions for you to have and I want to allow you to get to it there's a lot for me to unpack in this episode but I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone every audience member every contributor every guest who shared their truth so vulnerably and beautifully and I hope again that serves as inspiration for you because that's what we're here to do and if you find that that digging is beneficial to you, a way that you could say thank you, and you, you knew I was going to do this, guys, a way that you could say thank you is by going to Spotify or Apple and rating and reviewing this podcast that makes a huge impact on our growth trajectory, on our expansion, so that we can continue to evolve together in partnership which I would love to continue to do because I really do find so much joy in this podcast. Speaking of joy, here is a cut up of me fucking up the word cocoon a billion times while trying to make this episode. Enjoy, talk next week. Relationship cocoon, oh my God. Relationship the
2: fuck,
0: relationship cocoon. Relationship cocoon, fuck, fuck, fuck. They must leave the cocoon. They must leave the. They must leave the. Oh my god! Oh my god! They must leave the. They must leave the. What is going on? I'm having a seizure. They must leave the cocoon. They must leave the they gotta leave. <laughs> I can't do it. It had to be a fine take in there somewhere.
1: Lovers
3: and friends. Uh, I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers, and friend, and I lovers and friends. a and I said,
0: lovers and friends. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment, Sham Boudram and Lauren Morrison. Also produced by Two West Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Our mixing engineers are Brendan Burns and Marcus Hom. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at Morsauce, and this podcast is powered by Morsauce from Stitcher.